Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and we are continuing on in our series, The Right Kind of Faith. Today I've titled the message, Professors versus Possessors. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus said, Not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew seven twenty-one through 23 has been called the scariest text in the Bible. These people actually think they are saved when they are not. They openly profess Christ and claim to serve him, but alas, in the end their faith is shown to be counterfeit. Nothing could be more tragic than this. The warning directly from Christ is striking. Note some clarifications. Number one, counterfeit faith, in fact, is no faith at all in the saving sense of the word. In the saving sense of the word, one either has saving faith or they don't. Everything short of saving faith in reality is unbelief. In the Bible, there are ultimately believers and there are unbelievers. And in the end, everyone will be found to be in one of these two categories. Number two, counterfeit faith may in fact contain some semblance, or at least appear to, of saving faith. But in truth, it falls short of true Bible saving faith. For example, counterfeit faith may include the element of intellectual assent, as does saving faith. But true saving faith goes further, involving the will and personal appropriation. Even the demons have a faith of sorts as they believe intellectually and emotionally they tremble, James 2.19. But they have no true heart allegiance to Christ. As the Bible says, it's with the heart that one believes under righteousness. The demons simply have an intellectual and emotional kind of faith. But that's not saving faith, which is James' point. Number three, <clears throat> counterfeit faith may appear to be so real, for a time at least, that it may be difficult, if not impossible, to distinguish it from genuine saving faith from a human, objective, external perspective. The wheat and the tares do grow together. Number four, the difference between counterfeit faith and saving faith is found in the heart and its response towards the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The heart of the matter involves the heart. Number five, Satan is a master at deception and actually deceives many people into believing that they have a saving faith, thus giving them a false assurance. Conversely, he relentlessly tries to rob the true believer of their assurance. He majors on giving false assurance and also a lack of assurance. Number six, generally those presented in scripture as having a counterfeit faith are unconcerned or unmoved about their spiritual status. They may even be very insistent that they know the Lord. However, the unveiling of hearts on judgment day will reveal that they were really workers of iniquity, whatever inwardly or outwardly manifested, whether inwardly or outwardly manifested, whether repressed or openly expressed, 
are shown to be not the true servants of the Lord. Number seven, unbelief by its very nature is a denial of truth. This fundamental concept of denial often involves the unbeliever's refusal to see themselves for what they truly are, sinners, as well as Jesus for who and what he is, Lord and Savior. They go together. This concept is at the heart of counterfeit faith, as one may appear to embrace salific truth, salvation truth, but in reality have a heart full of denial. Note personal recognition and admission of the truth involved in salvation is a very humbling experience. Pride will keep a lot of people out of heaven. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold the proud, behold the proud. His heart is not upright in him. His soul is not upright in him. But the just, in contrast, but the just, but's a contrast word, but the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk 2.4. Number eight, the believer's struggle with sin should not take away from his or her assurance. There is a difference between struggling with sin and having it habitually control you. In fact, the struggle that involves a genuine desire to please the Lord and not to sin may serve as an evidence of salvation. Note Paul in Romans chapter 7, that which he didn't want to do, he did, and vice versa. The believer's spiritual makeup is altered in salvation, affecting the attitude and desires of the heart. Of course, the outworking of practical sanctification is a lifelong, uncompleted process in this life. Also note the unbeliever is without the spirit. And being spiritually dead, they do not have the capacity to lead a truly spiritual, upright life. Note, salvation indicates direction, but not perfection in the life of a believer in the here and now. And finally, number nine, by its very nature, many in the category of counterfeit faith are involved in, a, in an ecclesiastical church, ecclesiastical setting or have such a tie or background. Again, note, there are professors, counterfeiters, and there are true possessors. 1 John 2, 3, and 4. Now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. This is very similar to what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, I know him, oh yeah. I. They say, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 1 John 2.19 goes on to say, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued, continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald signing off for today. <music> 